Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you have been listening to the infinite rabbit hole for a while, you will be familiar with the term screen memory. Well, today is the day that we dive deeper into this term and get to know this incredible and mind-blowing concept. In a nutshell, a screen memory is the term that describes the phenomenon in which a specific detail about a certain event is blocked from your memory and replaced by something else. Screen memories were originally described by Sigmund Freed in 1899 as an internally created protection of the mind. In his paper titled Screen Memories, Freed describes this defensive aspect of ourselves as being the mind's way of covering traumas as a child from affecting your adult life. But as of recently, the term has been described as being a tool of an external being of extraterrestrial origin. One aspect of many alien abduction stories is the initial covering of memories that leave the experiencer believing that they have been visited by a completely known but obscured entity that often presents itself as a dream of sorts. The screen memory comes in many forms. Some of the more common ones include witnessing deer, clowns, dead relatives, and even Jesus. But there is one that stands out among the rest one that delivers not only a creature that is often portrayed as completely harmless, but one that has been a symbol in many cultures as a messenger between realities and a guide between the unknowns. The most common screen memory reported by those that are completely unaware of their own abductions until psychological assistance is given is the owl. And today we dive into the realm of screen memories and their connection to the world of aliens, owls, and UFOs. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. rabbit hole everybody i'm your host jeremy and today we're going to dive into the world of screen memories now i've been talking about this topic for quite a while 
here on the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. I mean, we are a little over three years old, and I think I first made mention of it probably within the first five episodes of the show, and quite a bit ever since. So, we're going to unravel what a screen memory is, and the relationship to these incredible creatures known as owls. Some pretty weird stuff. And believe it or not, there are some people out there that seem to be followed by these things. Seem to be watched, if you will. Seem to have encounters with them in incredible circumstances. Are you one of these people? Have you seen an owl in some very strange way, strange settings, strange everything? Maybe seeing them outside your window while you're sleeping? Watching you? Maybe a very tall one on the side of the road as you drive by. Maybe you've seen three of them flying in a circular pattern above your head. Before I continue, I just want to say I am sick, do have a stuffy nose, so if I come out a little nasally this time, forgive me. But I'm here, and I'm excited because I chose this topic as my birthday topic for this year. My birthday was two days ago, if you're listening to this on release day. And I kind of like to do this thing where I do a topic that I really, really like. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into screen memories and the connection with aliens, owls, and UFOs. Right now, right here, on this episode of The Infinite Rabbit Hole. See you on the other end, travelers. Of owls and aliens, an incredible amount of UFO sightings and alien abduction accounts include details that highlight an owl. Whether it is standing in the middle of the road as the witness drives past or sitting on the sill of your window in your bedroom, or in many accounts flying around your head with a few of their friends. The connection between owls and these events are well documented, but unfortunately isn't discussed outside the circles that study this phenomenon. Dr. David M. Jacobs, a now-retired associate professor of history from Temple University, is a prominent figure in the world of alien abduction studies. Jacobs was very open with his research and the clear connection between owls and aliens. It was his honest opinion that owls were used as screen memories as a sort of costume in order to hide the real sinister image of the entity from the victims. The purpose of this may vary, but his opinion is that this was most likely for the protection of the subject's psyche in the future. Author Mike Cleland offers up another very interesting aspect to the mystery behind the connection between aliens and owls, and that is the reports of real owls showing up to such events. In his book, The Messengers, Cleland quotes a really good analogy from an unnamed man. Quote, Owls are like firemen. If you see a building on fire, you might see a bunch of guys running around with funny helmets, long rubber jackets, and hoses. They didn't start the fire, they just seemed to show up. We will dive a little more into that aspect later on. Similarities Many aspects of the gray alien and the owls that are reported during these events are uncanny. Witnesses on many accounts report seeing a large 4-5 to five foot tall owl acting erratically such as in the story of author Dolores Cannon in her book The Custodians, in which she describes driving home one night in the Ozark Mountains when she witnessed a very large owl in the middle of the road who refused to move as she approached. This particular owl, as Cannon describes, stood over four feet tall and was very easily able to see above the front fender of her car. 
She would drive very slowly closer to the animal before it would eventually jump up and fly a few feet before landing in the middle of the road again. This continued for the last few minutes of her trip and ended when the animal jumped over the gate of her house and flying away once she entered. The physical descriptions between greys and owls are probably the most that they have in common. The general shape of the head of a typical grey alien, which is oval-like with smooth edges, vaguely resembles that of many owl species. The dark, round, and wide eyes being probably the most prominent, especially when compared to the Northern American barred owl. The physical height of the grey alien is commonly reported as being roughly 4 feet tall. As you will soon find out, the most common height of owls reported during these events is estimated by the observer as also about 4 feet tall. And last but not least, although many owls are commonly seen with brown in their feathers, the second most common color amongst all owls in the world is, you guessed it, gray. One of the more common theories as to why owls are the most common animals shown to be in extraterrestrial under episodes of hypnosis with a trusted medical professional is simply due to the uncanny similarities between the two. My own thoughts here are that it makes sense since they had the power to project themselves as anything in the minds of their subjects, why not pick something that closely resembles yourself? And I cannot think of any other animal that resembles the features of a grey better than certain species of owls. Now, side note, although screen memory critters are typically recognizable by the victim, there are many cases in which the owl is seen with hands or wearing some sort of protection on its feet. The technology or mental power that is used to project a false memory into someone's mind may not be a technique that has been perfected. Therefore, in order to minimize imperfections, owls may be chosen as the representative of choice due to the high probability that any lack in coverage of the implanted memory can be covered up by similar features. Of course, this is just speculation and me creating a reason in my own mind as to why they would choose an owl to represent themselves. Another possibility is the human mind itself portraying something completely unknown into something recognizable and it may not be something chosen from the alien being but rather a common translation made in the abductees minds when approached by a creature so unbelievable that they fall into a type of shock. But what if they are choosing owls as their representatives? Why? Well, a researcher by the name of John Carpenter believes that this could be as simple as them not wanting to completely freak us out as they approach or do whatever it is they do with us. Author Mike Cleland explains it like this. Would you rather be approached by an owl or an alien? Encounters on the Road In Mike Cleland's book, The Messengers, Owls, Synchronicity, and the UFO Abductee, Cleland reiterates the story of a man using the pseudonym Aaron. Aaron left his house in a hurry one night, to meet up with a friend who was in a hurry to leave his house with Aaron as the two men were supposed to meet up with others that night. As Aaron was driving to his friend's house, he happened to witness what he describes as an owl, at least three feet tall, standing in the middle of the road. Nothing was immediately noticeable about the encounter until Aaron arrived at his friend's house to pick him up. His friend was pissed as it was then past 10 p.m. when Aaron arrived. Confused, Aaron couldn't believe it as he only lived a few minutes away. This is going to be a common occurrence in this presentation as missing time is not only common against alien abductee stories, but also is found to be an extremely common detail of people witnessing these massive owls in strange occurrences. 
an insert in Cleveland's book from another book by Corina Sables titled The Collectors, Sables tells of an event which she describes her own encounter while on a camping trip with her family in the Okanagan Valley in Western Canada. Karina explains that on the last night of her trip, the family went to bed, and when they all awoke in the middle of the night, the entire family had been hit with the same pretty wicked symptoms. The children complained of headaches, while one of them had a bloody nose, and it was the decision of hers and her husband Rob's to head home. Soon after leaving, Karina slammed on the brakes as her and the two kids began to scream at the four-foot-tall alien being standing off the side of the road. Rob was confused and tried very hard to calm everyone down. His wife and kids were screaming and acting terrified, and all he could see was an owl. Now, road encounters seem to be the most common, but come in many different forms. On top of the two I just covered, there are reports of owls chasing cars, with some even reporting that the owl or owls are looking in through the window as they fly next to them. Large owls appearing and disappearing just as the observer is about to hit them. Injured owls in the middle of the road that someone leaves their vehicle to go help before approaching only to find that when they get to the animal, it disappears in front of their eyes, and when they return, hours have passed and even owls flying at the car head-on before swooping up at the last second. All describe a white or gray owl standing around four feet tall and a strange feeling as if their bodies are in fight or flight mode. But aliens are not the only thing associated with owls. UFOs are a common sighting along with these phantom tall owls. In one case, a man is driving alone when he witnesses an owl in the middle of the road flapping around as if it is in distress. The man stopped his truck and watched as a large, unidentifiable craft flew directly over their position and blocked out the entire sky. The man watched in awe as the strange craft slowly drifted from one tree line to the other tree line from one side of the road to the other. And as the man was gathering himself, he looked down to see the owl, but it was gone. The connection between owls and UFOs is plentiful, and I highly recommend the book Stories from the Messengers, also by Mike Cleland, that stands as a companion book to his already 350-page book on the topics of owls, aliens, and UFOs that strictly highlight encounter stories that will blow your mind. And if the stories don't faze you, the sheer amount of them sure will. Alien Mistakes Along with the many encounter stories that exist about owls proving to be great aliens in a session of hypnosis, there are also cases in which people have claimed to have witnessed an alien being but can only describe it as being an owl. The first encounter in which this happened in Cleland's book, The Messengers, was the event of one Lucretia Hart. In this encounter, she was working at a summer camp in an unknown state in the Pacific Northwest when she found herself in the woods walking between campgrounds. In the corner of her eyes, she was frightened to see something completely white in the trees. As she studied it, she noticed that standing there, not far from where she was, was a stereotypical gray alien. The creature was standing there in what seemed to be what is commonly referred to as the thousand-yard stare. Freaked out, she began to walk away, and as she began to gain some distance between herself and the alien in the woods, she watched it turn around and run away deeper into the trees. As she approached the camp to tell someone, she was shocked to find that the image in her mind wasn't that of a gray alien, but rather that of a large white owl. Her attempts to conjure up the image of the being in the woods failed on every try as she could only bring forward the image of an owl instead. She remembered being terrified by what she was seeing and even remembers that it was an alien, but could not get past the image of an owl. Why Owls? 
Towards the end of the first section in Mike Cleland's book, The Messengers, Cleland makes a few bold statements on possibilities as to why the owl is chosen as the image for extraterrestrials that expand past just physical similarities between the two species. In this explanation, he refers to a few other researchers who have thought at one point or the other that owls may have a few tools that make them most suitable for use from a distance rather than as an implanted image. The idea is that since owls are so well suited for nighttime, with their incredible eyesight, near silent flying, and unmatched hearing, these avians may make a really good natural drone that alien beings can tap into psychically. Think of it like this. If you had the ability to control images in someone else's mind, do you think that it is out of the ballpark to think that you could also potentially take up the shotgun seat in something else's mind and use their being as a sort of spy drone, if you will? Owls would be well equipped to do the job, and sneaking into position to either follow a potential abduction victim home while they are driving at night or listen to their conversations while perched on a tree branch outside their window would be an incredibly profitable way of gathering information. Another possibility presented by Cleland is the idea that if owls are not used by alien beings as spy drones, there is a possibility that the connection between the critters and the creatures are more biological on the side of the owl. There is a lot of evidence that certain animals use unseen forces in the eyes of humans in their everyday lives. Homing pigeons, aka carrier pigeons, deer, dolphins, bees, migrating birds, and turtles are examples of animals that use the magnetic fields of Earth to navigate to precise locations from long distances away. Many animals use ultraviolet colors either by their sight or on themselves as a form of communication. Echolocation and ultrasounds are used by animals on land, in the air, and in the sea for traveling in low or no sight scenarios. What if owls also pick up on certain forces that are completely unperceivable to humans? The sheer number of owls amongst both alien abduction stories and UFO witness encounters show that there has to be something more than mere coincidence when it comes to the marriage between them. A few things that are commonly reported in UFO cases and alien encounters is strong magnetic fields and radiation. Could owls be sensitive to this kind of energy like moths to the light on your front porch? Could the mere presence of owls in strange scenarios be a telltale sign of an imminent otherworldly encounter? Of Orbs and Owls One phenomenon that finds itself closely related to UFOs and abductions is the infamous orb. An orb is a ball of light that can be seen with a naked eye or in photos or videos. Orbs have been associated with many aspects of the supernatural, such as UFOs, ghosts, and even Bigfoot. In a story explained in Chapter 10 of Mike Cleland's book, The Messengers, he describes the story of Bert Jansen from Wiltshire, England in 1997, in which he witnessed an orb over a nearby field. For those that are unfamiliar with Wiltshire, this is the home of the famed Stone Edge. Jansen was a researcher of the crop circle phenomenon that had plagued many areas of England and the surrounding areas. One night, he witnessed an amber-colored orb floating over a field that he was watching that night. The orb grew and shrunk a few times from the size of a huge balloon down to that of a grapefruit. He continued to watch for a few minutes before it disappeared behind a shed. His curiosity had gotten the best of him, so he decided to walk down to the shed to see if he could find why it never reappeared. As he approached the shed, he noticed a low hissing sound. The eerie feeling of being alone in a field around a strange shed 
chasing an orb became a reality and he decided to head back for the night. He returned the next morning and found a window without glass and decided to break in to see if he could find anything. He found a ladder leading up to the loft where he was still hearing the hissing sound and to his surprise what he saw when he found the source was a nest of owls. There are many questions that arise from this encounter with the most important to this presentation being, is there a connection between the orb and the owls? Could these owls be the orb itself? The connection between UFOs and orbs have been well documented, as well as the connection with alien abduction stories. So it makes sense that we hear about an event that connects owls with orbs. In the same chapter in Cleveland's book, Maria's story is almost a complete reverse of that of Bert's. Her story also took place in Wiltshire, but in the early 1990s. Maria and her unnamed friend were exploring by Oliver's castle when an all-white owl swooped down in front of the pair and perched itself on a branch above their heads. The friends were shocked and got the feeling that they were being warned about something up the path. They listened, and instead headed up to the hill where Oliver's castle stands. From the top of the hill, they witnessed an amber light coming into view from the north and stopped in the valley below. They were in awe as they watched the orb expand and retract in a few seconds before taking off out of sight. In this story, we hear of an owl that led the witness to an orb, where in Bert's story, the orb led him to the owls. Here are two examples of orbs and owls in the same place seemingly involved with each other in some way. And trust me, there are many more. Symbols. The owl appears in many pieces of folklore and mythology throughout the world and time. And although the owl has stood for many things in these thoughts and stories, there are three specific aspects that the owl seems to represent most of the time. Death, intelligence, and wisdom. The owl typically provides these aspects of a story by traveling in and out of worlds, bringing warnings of danger or pockets of information as a messenger to the receiver. The owl has been tied to the danger that lies within the dark of night, with nighttime being much darker in the past than it is today with modern technology's light bulbs. The owl was seen as a representative of all things that go bump in the night, including the darkness itself. But it didn't only represent the darkness of the forest or the world that surrounds us, it was also a common symbol for the darkness within us as well. Many have also developed the idea of the owl as being an omen of death and disaster. For many cultures, it was enough to just hear an owl at night to cause stress about an impending disastrous event. With the connection between the image of the owl and our fears being the dark, it isn't too much of a stretch to see the connection between abduction events and the time of the day in which the overwhelming majority of them take place, the night. In ancient Egypt, the owl was seen as guides and protectors of the dead. Seeing an owl would mean that you were to receive a message from possibly beyond the grave. A few ominous facts about ancient Egypt in this case is that any hieroglyphs portraying the owl always showed the owl facing in a way to where you can see its face. All other beings, including humans, were mostly represented in profile. The other being that in almost every case in which an owl's body was entombed, it had its head removed. The owls believed that the owl were harbingers of doom, so much that just the hoot of an owl being heard meant imminent death. In the reverse, the act of nailing a dead owl to your door would help in warding off evil. According to author Mike Cleland, in some ancient Hebrew literature, the first wife of Adam, 
after being banished from the Garden of Eden was Lilith, who is commonly symbolized by the image of an owl. In fact, the name Lilith means belonging to the night or night monster in Hebrew. A common aspect of her was to steal children, and there lies another trait in common with alien abductions. Although many adults claim to have been abducted by alien beings during the hypnotherapy used to uncover the truth behind screen memories or certain hazy events in their lives, the presence of children in the alien craft or structure in which they were sent to is incredibly common, as well as the realization that they have had these experiences since a very young age. In England, prior to the 19th century, an owl heard by someone on their deathbed meant that they were moments away from death. The English had a habit of nailing an owl to the door to ward off evil as well. Many Native American tribes saw the owl as a symbol of sorcery, death, and evil. Apaches believed that if you dreamt of an owl, then death was approaching. Cherokee believed that if an owl flew over your head during daylight hours, it meant that a family member or close friend was going to die within a few days. The Hopus saw the burrowing owl as the god of the dead. The Quagulf believed that the owl represented someone's newly departed soul. The Quaquito believed that the owl represented the soul of a living human and should not be killed. Many others believe that the great horned owl in specific was responsible for collecting souls and bringing them to the underworld. But the Hokak had the most relative belief when it came to the topic of this presentation. They would tell their children that if they misbehaved, the owl will get you. And in South and Latin America, the Mayans believed that owls were the literal symbol of death. The Aztecs thought of them as the rulers of the underworld. The Gran Chaco of South America believed that the owl represented direct harm to the witness. The owls are not what they seem. In Whitley Strieber's book Communion, Whitley outlines his history of alien abductions with a truly out-of-this-world account of some extremely incredible events. Before he really understood the depth of the issue at hand, and the morning after his first known abduction in his cabin in upstate New York, Whitley makes mention of remembering a barn owl watching him through his window before he fell asleep. He had mentioned this strange event to his wife, and due to there being no evidence that the event ever took place, such as prints in the fresh snow, the couple decided that it must have been a dream. Here we see a very famous abduction account that makes direct reference to an alien screen memory, which was uncovered in later psychological therapy. Side note, I put this encounter in the pop culture section due to it coming from a very famous book that would become a fully funded movie by Columbia Pictures in 1989. In the opening scene of the 1954 thriller, Not of This Earth, a woman is walking down a street when the owl is heard nearby. The camera pans to stock footage of an owl before coming back to the woman who is now face to face with a man in black or alien being. This stands as a reminder that the lore between owls and aliens is older than many believe. To be fair, the mythos that unraveled between greys and owls was still far from being mainstream when this B-list movie was released. That didn't stop it from perfectly portraying a connection that would later be discovered and talked about among alien abduction experiencers and researchers in the years to come. In 1990, the television show Twin Peaks was introduced, and within a few different scenes of the first couple seasons, the line, quote, the owls are not what they seem is mentioned. 
many discussions in online forums and in-person conventions have taken place over the meaning of this phrase. One of the more popular theories is that the owls that are mentioned and witnessed multiple times throughout the series are direct links to alien beings. In the show, the place known as the Black Lodge is commonly thought to have direct connections with the cosmos and the owls are representatives of the spirits of the lodge. Those quote-unquote spirits possibly being alien beings themselves. Major Briggs is a character in the show that is an area of Twin Peaks to conduct top secret work for what he claims to be Project Blue Book. The first time the line is mentioned is when Brooks arrives at FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper's room and explains the words, the owls are not what they seem, have been received by an unknown sender in the deepest corners of space. Along with those words, the agent's name was mentioned repeatedly, which shows some of the connections between the Air Force's and FBI's investigations. It is soon found that the signals were coming from the nearby woods surrounding the town on Twin Peaks, and Major Briggs gets abducted and interrogated about the true meaning of the Owl Cave. Owls have been portrayed in alien abduction movies, books, and television shows in the entirety of the phenomenon as a subject in pop culture. They range from the most subtle, such as the scene in the movie Fire in the Sky, the famous telling of the Travis Walton abduction, in which a stuffed barn owl is shown in the opening barroom scene as a prop in the background at the 4 minute and 9 second mark, or the sly insertion of the small picture depicting an owl behind the head of Jodie Foster's father in the movie Contact, after the younger version of her character asks her father, quote, Hey Dad, do you think that there are people on other planets? To the not-so-subtle mention of owls being directly referred to as screen memories in the 2009 major motion picture The Fourth Kind, in which actress Mila Jovovich portrays a psychiatrist who dives into the unconscious of her patients to unravel deeply disturbed episodes of alien abductions. My Labs The theory of our government or military being responsible or at least associated with, alien abductions is a popular theory among researchers with the entire subject being commonly referred to as MyLabs, a short title used to represent the term military abductions. The thought that the military has technology beyond what is shown on the surface that parallels what we commonly see being reported in alien abduction stories is something straight out of a tinfoil hat conspiracy book. But what if there was actually some evidence in this? And what if it came in the shape of an owl? If you're a person who follows any of the many, and I mean many conspiracies out there, you should be familiar with the idea that the puppet masters behind such deeds always tell you what they're doing. If you are a believer in this theory, then you are going to love owls in all the ways that they show up in our government. Let's begin with the US Capitol building in Washington, DC. An aerial look of the area will show a patchwork of green yards outlined by sidewalks and roads surrounding the Capitol building that perfectly depict the image of an owl. The image is perfectly framed by Constitution Avenue to the north and Independence Avenue to the south. Northwest and Southwest Drive provide the curved outline of the body from the tip of the ear down to the two rotaries housing the Peace and Garfield monuments which are perfectly placed in the position of its feet. Two large teardrop-shaped yards in the east of the building are not only immaculately placed as the owl's eyes, but are also eerily shaped like the famous pitch-black eyes of gray aliens. The capital pool to the west acts as the tail feathers hanging below its perch, and the entire image is centered by the capital building itself as the heart of the owl. Coincidence? Maybe. 
especially if you add that two of the three designers of the grounds were George Washington and Pierre Charles Enfant, who both were well-known Freemasons. But the government and the quote-unquote leaders of not only this country, but rather the world, have an even deeper and very possibly darker secret that directly connects them to owls. Bohemian Grove settles in Monte Rio, California, along the state's northern coast, nestled in amongst the famous redwoods. The property stands as a retreat for the secretive Bohemian Club of San Francisco and includes an area of 2,700 acres. In mid-July of each year, the club invites all of the most influential people from around the world to take part in a secret two-week retreat that remains mostly a mystery. Every year, in attendance, you can find past and present presidents and apex leaders of different countries, government officials, high-ranking members of the military, media executives, actors, business moguls, and anybody else of public or secret power. Dr. Glenn Seaborg, a prominent member and an ex-scientist for the infamous Manhattan Project, as quoted in Mike Cleland's book, Visitors, Owl's Synchronicity and UFO Abductee, stated about the Grove as being, quote, where all the important people in the United States decide the agenda for our country for the following year. The Grove would eventually be the place where the many meetings regarding the Manhattan Project would take place with the likes of members such as Ernest Lawrence and Robert J. Oppenheimer, which eventually led to the development and use of the atomic bomb. At the heart of all the secrecy and intrigue is a 30-foot concrete statue of an owl that stands at the head of the lake that the property surrounds. The owl, which is referred to by most as Moloch and by some as Minerva, stands as a backdrop to one of the club's most popular and important rituals known as the cremation of care. The symbol of the owl is no doubt important to the group. The San Francisco Bohemian Club's emblem features an owl and is conveniently located in a place with a bar directly across the street called the White Owl, which is an extremely popular spot for club members and guests to visit. The grove itself not only features Moloch, but also has other places that reference owls within its perimeter, such as the preeminent camp, the Owl's Nest, and the gathering place known as the Field Circle, which is a bowl-shaped amphitheater shaped like an owl. One of the more popular theories of the true purpose of the cremation of care and the statue of Moloch comes from a direct tie to the name itself. The name is in reference to the Canaanite bull god Moloch, who stands as an evil deity who requires the sacrifice of children. And here we see another strong connection between the act of child sacrifice that is theorized to occur at Bohemian Grove and alien abductions. An extremely popular motivation for great alien abduction events is thought to be the idea of breeding children in the wombs of women while using their own genetics or a male abductee in order to harvest a child in early stages of the pregnancy. Could there be a connection between the literal abduction of people from their homes in the pitch of night from extraterrestrials and the power of the world who meet up yearly at a remote campground in the middle of nowhere in Northern California? Look at the literal buildup of this presentation so far, and the description of the phenomenon that is a screen memory, and how the creature that is chosen is an owl to mask the appearance of said being who has long been thought of as a military operation itself. Yes, on this planet, there is a very strong issue of child trafficking, and I wouldn't want to create this connection if it weren't so important to the point I'm trying to make. But. If Bohemian Grove does connect the heinous act of sacrificing children, they would need to have a way to obtain said children without raising a red flag. 
and alien abductions fit the bill. The truth is that the theories about this ceremony and Moloch itself are plentiful, and we will dive into this and many more topics in regard to Bohemian Grove in a future episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole, which will be completely dedicated to the subject of the club. But for now, let's just stick to owls. Four Foot Owl Men In the book In the Night Sky Hudson Valley UFO Sightings from the 1930s to Present, author Linda Zimmerman highlights a witness's encounters with a four foot tall owl person who would stand at the bottom of his bed while he slept. The man would often wake up in the middle of the night with the being standing over the bottom of the bed watching him. He was clear in stating that whatever it was, he was certain it was not actually an owl. In fact, it didn't have feathers, wings, or even a beak. Instead, he used the term owl as his best way of describing the features of the being. The large round head with big pitch black eyes that the being had reminded him of that of an owl. So he used the term owl person in order to best describe what he was looking at. This man suffered through these encounters for a few months before it eventually ended, always in the same manner and at a frequency that was unpredictable as it would happen once a week, then every night, then twice a night, then once every two days, and so on. The man also described another being that frequented with the quote-unquote owl person that he referred to as the squirrel person, who would never be in his room with him, but rather would watch through the window of his bedroom, which would mean that whatever it was stood about four feet tall. Again, this being did not have a bushy tail or tufted ears on top of its head. It simply had features that reminded the witness of a squirrel. In 1966 and 1967, the area of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, was subject to the stalking of a creature that would famously be referred to as the Mothman to this day. If we look at the description of the Mothman, we may see some similarities to our subjects of the night. According to the website mythology.net, Mothman was described by witnesses as being between 5 to 7 feet tall, with some reporting a general gray or black coloring, black being the more common description currently. Large red self-illuminating eyes, a head that sits directly on its shoulders, and an affinity of being spotted by people driving in their cars on either the side of the road or in the sky around them. Could the famed Mothman of Point Pleasant be a screen memory for a gray alien encounter for many people that were plagued by possible abductions in 1966 and 67? Although many descriptions of other large owls that eventually get proven to be encounters with gray aliens stand around four feet tall, white to gray feathers, and large black eyes, there seems to be a connection in the differences. Almost like the Mothman is an anti-gray, or a gray that chooses to be portrayed differently than the norm. There is no book written on the rules of these screen memories, by the way. So to think that a being or a set of beings that were specifically active in this area at this time could have increased the height and color of the eyes and feathers of how they would be portrayed is not a stretch of the imagination if you already accept the phenomena. All in all, the Mothman pretty much resembles the tall owls that we have referred to throughout this presentation. Mothman had large wings, spotted primarily in the hours of the night, has a head that sits on his shoulders and conducts flybys to announce its presence. I honestly think there's a really good chance this is exactly what the experiencers of the Mothman were actually seeing. But more on that in a future series of the Infinite Rabbit Hole where we break down the entire story and all the facts regarding the Mothman. No worries, this one is coming sooner than you think, travelers. And since the beginning of the recording of alien abduction events, there has been a trend that popped up from time to time. 
and that is the condensed area of reports that pop up in certain time spans such as the Mothman events that are commonly referred to in the UFO community as a flap. One specific set of events happened in Cornwall, England from 1976 to 1978 when the identical creature to the Mothman known as the Owlman of Cornwall made its appearance known. The description of the Owlman is practically a copy and paste description of the Mothman of Point Pleasant. The only difference really being that the people who witnessed the Owlman instantly thought of an owl instead of a moth. These accounts show that just like the alien and UFO phenomenon, the Moth and Owlman enigma also travels and condenses its events into specific time frame and locations. And to add some more examples, there was the Raven Mocker of Cherokee legend, the Blackbird of Chernobyl in the late 1980s, after the nuclear disaster that destroyed the area, and the Lake Michigan Mothman of the early 2020s. Alright travelers, that's it! That's my entire presentation on screen memories of aliens, owls, and UFOs. What do you think? Do you think that there's a possibility that there is a connection here? Could these aliens that are conducting these abductions be using owls as a way to mask themselves from their victims? Could the government be tied into this? I would really, really like to know what you guys have to say. Head on over to any of our social medias. We're pretty much everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, X, as it's now called. Or, I mean, if you even want to just send us an email, infiniterabbithole at gmail.com, let us know what you think. We want to know, travelers. And before I let you go for the night, I just want to go ahead and introduce the next topic that you guys will have the pleasure of hearing. And that is from my good friend CJ, who will be presenting the topic of Bachelor's Grove Cemetery in Illinois and the history and the haunting of such. Really good presentation. You guys are going to love this. Uh, CJ does a great job. This is going to be CJ's first solo documentary here on the Infinite Rabbit Hole, but no worries. He's a professional. He's done this in the past. And I'm pretty sure that after that, we may get another solo documentary by someone other than myself as well that has not been completely cleared up yet. But to be determined, hang tight. If you're not part of the Facebook group, you need to find it. Or it's either, I actually, I think it's a page. The Facebook page is a face. No, it's a group. If you're not part of the Facebook group, you need to find it. Because in the middle of every month, I'm going to go ahead and drop the next month's lineup. If you're interested in some spoilers, head on over to the Facebook group. Join us. We had to turn it private because we were getting an influx of uh, bots, if you will, that were uh, sending some pretty adult links in the chats. Uh, so we had to we had to close that up. But by all means, go ahead and just uh, request access to the group. We don't really turn anybody away, and we'd be more than happy to have you there to be part of the conversation. Well, that's it for me, guys. Uh, I have to go and start researching my topics for the next quarter. I'm already done with my research for this quarter. I can't say that for the rest of the guys, but that's on them. Anyways, until next time, travelers, I'll see you at the next fork in the path of the infinite rabbit hole. I'm your host, Jeremy. It's been a pleasure. Goodbye. I would like to thank you once again for tuning in to the Infinite Rabbit Hole Podcast. Please make sure to give us a follow and one of those beautiful five-star ratings on your podcast player of choice. If you would like to join the conversation and stay up to date on all things Infinite Rabbit Hole, head on over to Facebook and search for the Infinite Rabbit Hole Facebook group. You'll know it's us when you see the logo. 
you would like to help contribute to the cause, there are a few ways to do so. First, head on over to anchor.fm forward slash infinite rabbit hole and click on the subscribe button where for $5 a month you'll get access to all our old episodes that will never see the free spotlight ever again. It's horrible stuff, but if you're into that kind of thing, then go check it out. Second, head on over to infiniterabbithole.com and click on the IRH merch shop tab and grab yourself a sweet t-shirt, sticker, or whatever else you see that you wouldn't mind owning. Until next time, travelers, I'm Jeremy, and I'll see you at the next fork in the path of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Bye.